the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. To get a complimentary copy of Dave's book and a complimentary consultation, call 877-GAINS-4-U or MortageFinancial.com. If we look to the answer as to why for so many years we achieved so much, prospered as no other people on earth, it was because here in this land... We unleash the energy and individual genius of man to a greater extent than has ever been done before. Those who say that we're in a time when there are no heroes, they just don't know where to look. The sloping hills of Arlington National Cemetery, with its row upon row of simple white markers, bearing crosses or stars of David, they add up to only a tiny fraction of the price that has been paid for our freedom. As for the enemies of freedom, those who are potential adversaries, they will be reminded that peace is the highest aspiration of the American people. We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it. We will not surrender for it now or ever. We are Americans. Always Right Radio with Bob France on AM 1420. The answer. Yes, indeed, it is. And a good morning to you, my friends. Thank you so much for being with us. It's seven minutes after the hour of nine o'clock on this Tuesday, the 13th morning of the second month of the year of our Lord, 2024. Well, they went and did and done it, uh, the Senate, that is, in a rare all night. An all nighter. They worked through the night, and by working, I mean they sat and listened to patriots try everything that they could to postpone, if not delay, if not cancel the vote altogether. And I'm talking about patriots like Rand Paul. Eight different Republican senators spoke overnight for one hour each in an attempt to delay the $95 billion vote to fund Volodymyr Zelensky's slush fund in Ukraine to fund the enemies of Israel, those who attacked them, called Hamas, by couching it as humanitarian aid to Gaza, some aid, which is the only aid that I think is defensible at this point, to actually Israel, and some to uh, Taiwan as well. $95 billion greenlit by the Senate in a 70-22 to vote, I believe it was, No, I take that back. 22 Republicans joined a handful of Democrats in opposing it. That's what it was. 70 to 29 was the total vote count. 22 Republicans voted to pass this $95 billion foreign aid package. And guess what was left out? A nickel for our border. A nickel. Now, don't get me wrong, I didn't want this thing to pass with a uh, border bill, because a border bill should not be dependent upon 
or contingent upon securing other nations' borders. Those matters should be taken up separately, which we've been talking about for years. Appropriations bills should be individual, specifically when we're talking about aid to places like Ukraine, which is not a direct concern of the United States of America, and even Taiwan. Could those things impact the United States? Sure, of course. That's why they should be debated and taken up. Let let people make their arguments. But to put those things together, Ukraine has nothing to do with Israel. Israel has nothing to do with Ukraine. Ukraine has nothing to do with Taiwan. Israel has nothing to do with Taiwan. Taiwan has nothing to do with Gaza. Why are these things lumped together? Because the scumbags in the deep state want it that way. Because the only possible way they can bring some people on board for funding things like Ukraine and the ongoing not-our-fight that is happening over there, the only thing that they can do is say, well, then if you want Israel to get their money, you're going to have to vote for this one, too. They tried to do with our border, and our border should be a standalone issue as well, first and foremost. But $95 billion, and the flow continues across the American southern border. And sadly, by the way, we're going to have to talk about this today. Maybe we'll hit this with Kersenow. He's our only guest today. Peter will be with us at 1010 this morning. That's because today is a special day. I'll tell you about in a second. But um, uh, there are record numbers of people coming into the United States, not through our southern border right now. And we're not talking about Cuban boat lifts either by coming over to, uh, you know, across the ocean to Florida. We're talking about the Canadian border. There are new numbers for the people who are getting into Canada and just pouring across the border as well. The full-on invasion of the United States of America is in full effect. That's just the reality of it. And they are doing nothing about it. But Senator Mike Lee, Senator J.D. Vance, Senator Rand Paul... And others, Ron Johnson, I think, uh, all did everything they could to delay this last night to try to stop it. And uh, they were unsuccessful because it passed 70 to 29. The good news is, the good news is, we do have a very, very slight, minuscule majority in the House side. And when I say we, I'm talking about patriots who care about national security, patriots who care about our $34 trillion debt, of debt, patriots who know that we cannot be everywhere in the world all at one time, particularly when it is not our fight. And I'm talking about those patriots as conservatives. I'm, I'm really working very, very hard not to just call them Republicans, because as I've explained over the course of the last few days, Republican and conservatives are not synonymous with one another. These are not uh, equal words. They, one does not mean the other. We have found that out. Well, the fact that I just told you 22 uh, of these Republicans voted uh, for that ridiculous spending bill with no border security, so that lets you know that. But the point being, uh, the slim majority of conservatives or the slim majority that we have over leftists in the House uh, is going to put the brakes on this, at least according to the Speaker. Mike Johnson re- released a statement late last night saying that this $95 billion standalone foreign aid package to Ukraine, Israel, Hamas... we got to point that out, by the way. I'm never going to stop making that very, very clear. Hamas, not Gaza. Don't say humanitarian aid to Gaza. It has been proven time and time again by international bodies and others that Hamas, the terror group that was elected to lead Gaza, confiscates all humanitarian aid, food, not to the Gaza civilians that are supposedly suffering. It goes to Hamas. 
medical supplies, not to the Gazan civilians, but Hamas. Virtually all aid that goes to the supposed to go to the civilians of Gaza, the Palestinians that so many people are concerned about, uh, are confiscated by Gaza or by Hamas. Rather, the terrorists at Hamas take everything away from what is supposed to go to the civilians of Gaza, and we're just giving ten billion dollars. That means we're giving ten billion dollars to fund the war effort against Israel, which is our ally. And Joe Biden, by the way, is apparently behind closed doors cursing Benjamin Netanyahu. He wants the war to end. He wants Israel to pull out and leave Hamas intact in Gaza and then just wait for the next October 7th. So much wrong with that. But Mike Johnson released a statement that says, we will not be supporting this. We will not take this up. It will may, it may, it may not ever get to, uh, the president's desk. And if they do change a lot to this, if they mark this up, it better be considerably. I mean, they better take a, a, a paper shredder to it, honestly, and just rewrite a couple of things saying, all right, we fund Israel and that's all. Cause that really ought to be it at this moment in time. All right, so that's uh, that's a, just a quick glimpse of the news and where we are right now. Now, before I do tell you about what makes today a special day, let's do our pledge. If you are a patriot, go ahead and stand and face your flag. Put your hand on your heart and join us for this. If you are uh, one of those that believes in supporting every other nation in the world except this one, protecting the sovereignty of other nations' borders but not this one, well, then you clearly have no idea what this flag stands for anyway. You are therefore exempt from the request to pledge allegiance to it and the country that it represents. You may instead take a knee like the good little Marxist that you obviously are. For the rest of us, however, I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. All right, I mentioned at 9.15 now, it's a special day today. You know we do this twice a year, all right? Two times a year, that's all we do when we come to you and tell you it's time to save babies' lives. We are partnering once again with Preborn Ministries, very, very important organization that has made it their mission uh, to provide opportunities for young, well, not they don't have to just be young girls, but oftentimes crisis pregnancies happen to very young, unplanned, unexpected situations with young teens, but also uh, uh, just women, uh, but women who are in situations where they may be considering not carrying their babies to full term. In other words, aborting their babies, giving them an opportunity to see what it is that they would be doing. And they do that, of course, through the use of ultrasounds. Scott Wilder from Preborn is with us today. He's going to be with us throughout the show, reminding you of exactly what we can do and what we need to do to step up and stand up and protect and preserve life. Scott, so good to have you back with us as you are again twice a year. We do this very, very important show. It's good to have you. What do you have for us this week? Well, it, 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 first of all, let me say I love your show. I, I, I'm a fan. I, I love listening to your show. I'm a patriot. I did say the Pledge of Allegiance as I do every day uh, when it happens here. That's awesome. Uh, so love to be with you. Yeah, today's the the, the day before things uh, or the day before Valentine's Day. I happen to look and see that a dozen roses delivered is more than what it costs to save a baby by providing an ultrasound. So if we wanted to think of it that way, let's deliver 175 uh, roses or save 175 babies the next couple of hours. We have one day and one day only to do it. And first, a little thank you. There are more than 200 babies alive today 
about to celebrate with their mamas their first Valentine's Day because of what we did last year in that one-day-only opportunity at Valentine's Day time of year. So we're doing it again. It's one day only. We have three hours to save a couple of hundred babies. So let me give you the number real quick and the way to get in touch with us real quick. It's so easy to do. It takes less than 60 seconds. When you go online to whkradio.com, click on the pre-born banner when you get there. Every $28 saves one baby. $28 a month provides one ultrasound a month for the next 12 months, all for less than a dollar a day. Uh, $280 can save 10 babies like that. So you can go online to whkradio.com or I'll set the phone number slowly and only one time. It's toll-free, 833-850-2229. Yeah, Scott, and uh, I'll just add on to that as long as we're talking about the ways that people can do this. We, we have um, a certain percentage of this audience, not a large percentage, but it's there, of people that are... Um, uh, blessed uh, financially, and we're mm. talking about people of means, and we're talking about people. Uh, again, it's very, very few, but but they're there. And and a single fifteen thousand dollar gift, as you always point out, Scott, mm-hmm. provides a machine, a whole new machine. I mean, yeah, you it, can do it the way you just said twenty eight dollars or fifty six dollars, one hundred and forty dollar. But I mean, honestly, you could buy a machine mm-hmm. that will save mm-hmm. countless <laughs> lives in the years to come. How important is that? You know, it, it's huge. Let me just say, every time I say it on the radio, I'm glad you brought that up. Every time I say it on the radio, I kind of raise my own eyebrows and think, nobody's going to do this. You know, last year we placed 69 of those machines, more than one every single week of the year last year. And so I just got determined, I'm going to say it, and pardon me, but God is going to decide who needs to hear it. So $15,000 can provide an ultrasound machine that will save literally thousands of babies for years and years to come could be your business legacy, your personal legacy, your family legacy could extend beyond even, you know, your own life or your business's life. And it could be a huge legacy. So yeah, you could do a 15,000. We had one just a couple of days ago. I was on the radio somewhere else and they said, I said, I want to do it. It was a lady named Nancy. She said, I want to do it for my family in my mom's name. So uh, we invite you to do it, whether you're going to do the thousands and thousands, thousands of dollars or $28 or $28 a month, uh, save a baby. Maybe a month for less than a dollar a day. Today, the day before Valentine's Day, what a perfect way to show true love by coming alongside. I've said many times, Bob, if we don't do it, it's not going to be done. I mean, this is an inside job. Uh, the the other people will not join us in this. They'll join us in building cinder block houses and all kinds of stuff, but they won't join us in this. They celebrate what we mourn. We know it's a baby and help a girl have the truth today right before Valentine's Day by providing the ultrasound today with preborn. That's exactly right. Scott Wilder is going to be with us from Preborn all day long. And I will tell you this, uh, you guys, my listeners, you make me proud every single time we do this. And again, it's only twice a year. It's not like we come at you every couple of weeks saying, hey, give another gift, give another gift, give another another gift. Uh, twice a year we ask for this. And if you can do it on a weekly basis, by the way, as Scott just said, that's wonderful. But you always make me so proud. 
because you always exceed our goal. We set a goal every time we have Scott and Preborn on to save babies' lives. And, of course, you probably know you've been hearing Molly uh, on uh, the air promoting uh, uh, Bringing America Back to Life, which is the largest uh, and most amazing pro-life uh, convention, a two-day convention, March 8th and 9th, that I will be emceeing again this year. I'm very proud to do. Uh, that's coming very, very quickly to independence. And so this is a big deal for all of us. You always exceed our goals, so I want to make sure that we do that today. So please call that phone number. Uh, make sure that you are, are giving everything that you can and know that it's tax deductible. You know, got to make sure you know that too. If you donate the 15000 for a new machine or whether you donate on a weekly basis or a, a once-a-month basis, whatever the case may be, it is tax deductible, so you do get some assistance for your generosity and your life-saving uh, contribu- contributions. All right, it's uh, 921. We'll take a time out here. This is Always Right Radio. Personnel comes up in an hour. Get those phone Quality job opportunities available. You'll never settle for job again. Visit ChristianJobs.com. ChristianJobs.com. All right, it's nine twenty-five. I want to uh, I want to play something for you that's extraordinarily important for you to listen to because, and I want our uh, part of our listening audience that is um, look. We we have a very very strong and large um, uh, population of Ukrainian people and Ukrainian descendants, Ukrainian Americans, and so forth in Northeast Ohio. We know this. And we support them, and we support their families, and we support everything that uh, you know that they do. Um, but we also have to be reasonable, and we have to be responsible because we have already spent over 110 or 120 billion American dollars on a war that has no defined end, no defined purpose. We continue to hear our leadership, both on the Democrat and Republican side, telling us that we will we will fund Ukraine for as long as it takes, no matter the amount. They've literally said, as much as it takes for as long as it takes, and they never finish the sentence. What exactly would be an acceptable end to that sentence? As long as it takes for what? As long as it takes for Vladimir Putin to be killed? As long as it takes for uh, every Russian boot that's been in uh, in Ukraine to be gone from Ukraine, what would be an acceptable peace agreement? They never talk about it ever, which means what has already been 110 billion and which will become 200 billion if this goes through, because it's well, well close to it, um, because we're talking about two thirds of that 95 billion dollar supplemental going to Ukraine. That's 60 plus billion dollars more. Um, at what point does it become 200? At what point does it become 300 billion? At what point does it become half a trillion dollars? Hey, we said as much as it takes, as long as it takes. And it's 2026, it's 2027, and we're three quarters of a, of a trillion dollars in. The, does the gift never end? Unless there's a defined outcome here, as Senator J.D. Vance pointed out last night during his part of the filibuster to try to stop this from going through, unless there's a defined end, we cannot participate in this. The debate and why. I, you know, I don't know why. I think maybe the reason why we are pushing this so quickly is because a few of my colleagues are desperate. They are desperate to get to Munich next weekend and tell the leaders of the world that yes, they did not secure their own southern border, but they did the most important thing. They got the $61 billion to Ukraine. It's shameful. 
It is shameful to conduct foreign policy through blank check writing to never ending war, and it is extra shameful to do it while ignoring the problems of your own country. Blank check writing for a never ending war. Where's the lie? What did he say there that was inaccurate? I, I, everything is, is, that's correct. It is a blank check for a never-ending war. How do we know it's never-ending? Because they have said so. They have never said this is what it will take to end the war. In Israel, it's very, very different. Do I support the funding on a standalone bill of Israel to the $17 billion that the House appropriated for it last, uh, last week? Absolutely. Because it has been made very, very clear what has to happen in Gaza for Israel to pull back out and go back across the border and rebuild after the atrocity that they suffered. And it's very, very clearly defined. The terror tunnels must be gone. All of the mili- the Hamas military bases and, and uh, fortresses, if you will, or fortification points that they have in Gaza have to be wiped out completely so that they cannot, once Israel's idea forces withdraw, simply rebuild itself and come right back over and hit Israel again. It is a very, very specific thing. It's Hamas, it's tunnels, it's fortified points, um, and of course making sure that none of the weapons caches and launch points, this is what I mean by the fortified uh, positions, uh, making sure that none of those are are, are able to be um, uh, constructed or housed or whatever you want to call it near civilian uh, points like schools and hospitals, which which is what they have done. They launch rockets from civilian areas like that, and then when the IDF returns fire to those spots in order to take out those rocket launchers, they hit a school, and then Israel is on the hook for the international condemnation of targeting schools and hospitals. The Israel mission is very, very different than the Ukrainian mission. Now, I said I have a very important piece to play for you, and I will do that on the other side of the break. During this break, we need you to make that phone call to save babies' lives. Make me proud, please. 833-850-BABY. 833-850-2229. That's the number to call. Make a donation. Donate $28 to save one baby. Donate $140 to save five babies. And to make sure that women can see their babies and make the right... The answer. Waking up America from its woke slumber. Always right radio with Bob France on The Answer. All right, before I play that important clip I told you about, it's 936. Let's check back in with Scott Wilder now from Preborn. This is one of our only uh, two donor days we do every single year, uh, just two days. Last time, Scott told us, uh, we had this uh, toward the end of 2023. It was in November, I think. Uh, mm-hmm. But the last time we did it, uh, we saved 200 babies' lives, yeah. and that's just an extraordinary thing to think about. Literally, there are babies breathing right now. Uh, who's, who's, you know, who never would have been given that shot because their, uh, their mothers were, were, you know, considering, if not mm-hmm. deciding on abortions until they saw that baby in the womb by way of an ultrasound, Scott, and they're living and breathing right now because of that. No, it's true. In fact, the last time I was with you, uh, was right when Ohio had the vote that made it part of the state constitution. Yeah, that was I was there 7th. with you that day. And so, yeah, we made a difference then, make a difference now, the day before Valentine's Day. I also want to thank uh, Mark in Glassport, Pennsylvania, listening to WHK, listening to Bob Franz show, who said, hey, you know what? I want to save 10 babies 
$280 does that. So, Mark, thanks for listening. And uh, you can join us today by doing this. We're saving babies by providing ultrasounds for more than 17 years. It's what Preborn does. And you know what? We have the most radically pro-death administration in the nation's history, certainly the most radically pro-death vice president uh, in the nation's history. And this is up to us to stand up and say, hey, we're going to provide ultrasounds, let them know, the girls know, women know, it is a baby. It's not an unviable tissue mass. It is a baby. And once they know that, it doesn't matter whether they live in the great state of Texas or the People's Republic of California. It doesn't matter whether it's a conservative state or a liberal state on this issue. Uh, It's a matter of the heart. The heart has changed. Everything's changed. And today we have a chance to make a difference and not just save babies, but save moms from the regret and the pain at every Valentine's Day for the rest of their lives if they buy into the lie that the other side is trying to tell them. So all we're doing today is providing the truth. That's what Preborn does. The other side gets hundreds of millions of dollars of taxpayer money and takes donations and charges for their, quote, services. We have nothing if we don't have you. So we're going to save 175 babies the next hour and a half. The number is 833 Eight five zero two 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 nine. That's eight three three eight five zero baby, or do it online. Less than sixty seconds online at whkradio.com. Click on the preborn banner when you get there. We look forward to your call or going online right now. Yeah, that's how I did mine last year during our show. Actually, I went mm-hmm. ahead because we were in a commercial break. I just went ahead and clicked on the website and uh, clicked the banner and made my donation. And I want people to consider doing the same thing. It's very easy. It's a very prominent banner at the top of whk.com on the homepage there. Click that uh, banner for pre- preborn and help save babies' lives. You will feel so good about yourself uh, and, uh, and, and just knowing, again, that there are babies living right now because we did this before and we will do it again. 833-850-BABY. We'll check him with Scott in a bit. Again, I want to. This is the clip I've been talking about. Now, you may have already seen this if you're active on political social media. You may have already seen this. Now, you know that um, during the Super Bowl on Sunday, uh, Robert F. Kennedy Jr. ran an ad, or a PAC representing Robert F. Kennedy Jr. for president as an independent ran an ad that was basically a kind of mock up of uh, one of John F. Kennedy's old campaign ads. And it just replaced, you know, John F. Kennedy with RFK Jr. in these things. And it was, you know, vintage and retro and black and white and the whole thing. And it got a lot of attention. It also got a lot of the haters, by the way, of John F. or uh, Robert F. Kennedy Jr., including some in his family who said, your family members that are that are depicted there would be ashamed of you because you know they don't they would not support your anti-vax positions and and all these other things and he actually apologized to the family saying look I didn't make the ad but I do support it because um you know he's uh, he's trying to run a campaign as an independent he's got a lot of people that he's got to get attention from but anyway Robert F Kennedy Jr's best video was not that campaign ad Robert F. Kennedy's best video, in my view, for and this is not somebody I would vote for. Don't get me wrong, but his his point and his um, stand that he's taking when it comes to the poison darts or the profit jabs, whatever you want to call them, they're not vaccines, but that started to be forced upon us uh, in late 2020 when the Operation Warp Speed first put them out, and then. when Joe Biden took office and then started mandating them all over the country for various places and reasons, 
Um, Robert F. Kennedy Jr.'s stance against that is is noble. It is courageous, and it needs to be supported. Now he is also taking a stand against needless and endless wars. And this is the most important video, not the campaign ad. This is the most important video. It's three and a half minutes long, so settle in for just a second here and listen to him. It, it The video is better, I will tell you. The video is better because he's giving a speech at some conference or another or a campaign gathering, whatever it is, but there's a crowd there, and to see him and then the images that are kind of splashed in and are interspersed over him uh, um, of the war in Ukraine and, and, and the war effort and so forth, it, it helps it. So I will tell you, if you want to see the video and get the full effect, it's tweeted. I tweeted it uh, a couple of days ago when it first came out, and then I t- retweeted it yesterday under the headline, Watch It Again. Um, if you want to do that, you can do so. It's on Twitter at uh, France Rants, F-R-A-N-T-Z-R-A-N-T-Z, or just look for Bob France. You can find it. And it's also on my um, uh, my Facebook page, which is Always Right Radio. So you can see this um, in those places to get the full visual effect. But for audio purposes, I still think it has a lot of value. As he explains what is really happening when we fund this new $95 billion uh, for these foreign wars, and more specifically the $60 billion plus dollars in Ukraine. This is important. Listen closely. As you know, Robert F. Kennedy Jr. has that vocal condition in which he sounds very scratchy and, and, and hard to understand. I don't know what it's called. and not a doctor, but we all know it's a condition. Uh, so... Play, pay very close attention and try to listen to every word. This is important, and it could help shape your opinion on what the policy of the United States should be in uh, in funding this war in Ukraine um, against Russia. Here we go. This is a war that should have never happened. It's a war that Russians tried repeatedly to settle on terms that were very, very beneficial to Ukraine and us. The major thing they wanted was for us to keep NATO out of the Ukraine. The big military contractors want to add new countries to NATO all the time. Why? Because then that country has to conform its military purchases to NATO weapon specifications, which means certain companies, Northrop Grumman, Raytheon, General Dynamics, Boeing, and Lockheed, get a trapped market. In March of 2022, we committed $113 billion. Just to give you an example, we could have built a home for almost every homeless person in this country. We then committed another $24 billion since then, two months ago, and now President Biden's asking for another $60 billion. But the big, big expenses are going to come after the war. When- Pause it there, just to make sure you understand what you're, you're hearing. Every new NATO nation, in other words, every nation that joins NATO, like Ukraine is forced then to build its military and to outfit itself weaponry with respect to weaponry and ammunition and so on and so forth according to NATO specifications. And guess who has the contract for NATO specifications? Those companies that he just mentioned, those those defense contractors are making billions upon billions of dollars from the We have to rebuild you all. I didn't restart that yet. Hold on. I don't know why that restarted, literally. 
But um, those companies that he named are the ones who profit from every NATO expansion, all right, uh, which is extraordinarily important. But he said that the $113 billion, then the $24 billion, so do my math here with me, right? That's what, $137 billion, I think? $137 billion plus the 60 now that is being has just been greenlighted by the Senate, which would take us up very, very close to the $200 billion mark in giving money to Ukraine. And that, as Robert F. Kennedy Jr. is explaining, is just the beginning. That's just the drop in the bucket compared to what it's going to cost in the future. Now, let's listen to the rest of this. ...are going to come after the war, when we have to rebuild all the things that we destroyed. Mitch McConnell was asked, can we really afford to spend $113 billion to Ukraine? He said, don't worry. It's not really going to Ukraine. It's, it's going, going to... to- American defense manufacturers. So he just admitted it's a money laundering scheme. And who do you think owns every one of those companies? BlackRock. BlackRock. So Tim Scott, during the Republican debate, said, don't worry, it's not a gift to Ukraine, it's a loan. So raise your hand if you think that that loan's ever getting paid back. Yeah, of course it's not. So why do they call it a loan? Is that they call it a loan, they can impose loan conditions. And what are the loan conditions that we impose on? Number one, of extreme austerity program, so that if you're poor in Ukraine, you're going to be poor forever. Number two, most important, Ukraine has to put all of its government-owned assets up for sale to multinational corporations, including all of its agricultural land, the biggest single asset in Europe. Ukraine. There's been a thousand years of war fought over that land. It's the richest farmland in the world. It's the breadbasket of Europe. 500,000 kids almost. Ukrainians have died to keep that land as part of Ukraine. They almost certainly didn't know about this loan condition. They've already sold 30% of it. The buyers were DuPont, Cargill, and Monsanto. Who do you think owns all of those companies? Yeah, BlackRock. And then in December, President Biden gave out the contract to rebuild Ukraine. And who do you think got that contract? Accra. So they're doing this right in front of us. They don't even care that we know anymore because they know that they can get away with it. And how do they know that? Because they have a strategy. And that strategy is an old, old strategy, which is they keep us at war with each other. They keep us hating on each other. They keep the Republicans and Democrats fighting each other, black against white, and all these divisions that they sow. That is a Robert F. Kennedy, I don't know, uh, campaign video. It's not an ad. It's far too long to be an ad. You will never see that on TV, but it is an online video that, again, because of the difficulty sometimes in understanding Robert F. Kennedy's voice and also with the music that they were playing, the video is worth it for the uh, captions alone. It's got captions, you know, with every, uh, you know, a word transcribed. BlackRock owns virtually all of this war. BlackRock has the contract through the companies that they own to rebuild Ukraine after the war. BlackRock owns the companies that provide the military munitions and so forth to carry out the war. These are quote-unquote American defense contractors, as you just heard uh, Mitch McConnell talk about and Tim Scott talking about. So it's okay, apparently, 
to funnel all of that money to those contractors. Well, funneled is the wrong word. The right word, RFK Jr. just used, which is launder. Laundering all of that money, nearly $200 billion of your taxpayer dollars and mine, um, to BlackRock. And and this is what we are we are our leaders are deciding to do on both parties. You know the announcement that was made this morning at six thirty seven a.m. that they had a vote that the Senate passed seventy to twenty nine to give another sixty billion dollars to Ukraine. It was heavy with cooperation and and gratitude and backslapping uh, between Mitch McConnell and Chuck Schumer. The two of them congratulating one another. The Republicans are no different than the Democrats in that regard. The Republicans are not conservative, at least, again, those in leadership. Um, And in fact, quite frankly, without true conservatives, there is no leadership in Washington. Our giveaways are, are, are legendary. We are the most generous nation in the history of humankind. We do serve as the world's police. Right or wrong, we do serve as the world's benefactor. We are the magnanimous ones. We are the ones who will reach out and try to help anybody and everybody, even if it is to our detriment. And it's because of that reputation that we get exploited and we get taken advantage of. Because of our historical generosity, we have some very, very evil players taking advantage of our good nature and our concern and our and our graciousness and our compassion. And that allows people who are, if, if I may overuse the word sometimes, I apologize, but evil. Some of those evil individuals um, make decisions that are not in the United States people's best interest to continue that. And I do believe that Chuck Schumer and I do believe that Mitch McConnell are one and the same. And I do believe that Joe Biden and, and uh, virtually everybody in the Biden administration, every single left-wing Democrat in the Senate, uh, I think they are going to be putting extraordinary pressure on Mike Johnson and the very slim majority in the Republican-led House to get a couple of votes to flip and get that thing to Joe Biden's desk. And guess what? I'm not convinced that they won't get it done. If Mike Johnson allows it to come to a vote at all, I believe they'll flip a few of the Republicans, like Ken Buck, who didn't vote to impeach Mayorkas, or, or McClintock, these individuals are Gallagher. They're going to flip, and they're going to say, yeah, by the narrowest of margins, a one-vote margin on the House side, and an overwhelming margin of 70 to 29 on the Senate side, it goes to Joe Biden's desk, and away we go. And Volodymyr Zelensky, like Scrooge McDuck's, McDuck, jumps off of the diving board into a giant pool filled with money. And when does it end? When does it end? He takes his cut, BlackRock, and those companies get their cut. And it, meanwhile, we continue to suffer and struggle in our own daily budgets, in our monthly budgets. Did you notice one of the other, other headlines today? Inflation has come back strong, 3.1% higher this month than it was at the same time a year ago. Biden keeps telling us inflation is going down. Bidenomics is working. No, that's crap. It is not. We continue to suffer and struggle, yet your paycheck, which has to last you through the month for your groceries, for your insurance payments, for your rent, for your mortgage, for your car payments, for your kids' clothing, and on and on and on, it gets weaker and weaker, your paycheck does, when the prices get higher and higher, and they take taxes out for things like this massive project. 
to give to uh, uh, Volodymyr Zelensky to funnel through to BlackRock and so on and so forth in a money, money laundering scheme. Look, that's the reason why I think Jim Jordan said yesterday. I got a call last night from uh, Pastor Chris Long, Ohio Christian Alliance, that I really appreciated because he said, I listened to your interview with Jim Jordan this morning, and there was a, a line that he said that really stuck with me, and it really has me you know, concerned and alarmed. And I said, which one? And he told me which one, and I said, you know, you're exactly right. I don't think I gave it its due attention when he said it yesterday, because when you're doing an interview on radio, part of the job is listening to the answer that's come, and part of the job is preparing the next question or the next clip or whatever it is you're going to do. And so when I heard Jim Jordan say this, I just kind of nodded along and agreed with it, but I didn't pursue it. Jim Jordan said yesterday that for the first time in his career as an elected official, he's actually nervous. And he's nervous because there are no leaders in D.C. And I don't think he's just talking about Biden. There are no leaders in D.C. And that would mean conservative leaders either. But I was just going to I was just going to say one of the things that really concerns me now, and it's like, you know, I've been in. In, in elective office for a number of years, and you, know, you, you, you see a lot of different things. But for the first time, I'm actually nervous. And as I think one of my one of our colleagues said, you know, the, our, our our foreign adversaries see exactly what we saw uh, when he did that press event. Um, but I'm nervous because there's no real leadership in this town right now, and it's and it's it's scary because you know you leadership matters, and we all know that whether it's a company, whether it's a, a, a sports team, whatever. The leaders who can make decisions and do things in the right way and, and understand how to lead. And right now, I just I just feel like the, the, our commander in chief. It's like that's what makes me more nervous, maybe than anything else. I mean, we've talked about all the issues, all the things this administration screwed up. We've talked about the weaponization of government, which I think is really, really serious. But when you break it all down, it's like you got a commander in chief, a president of the United States, who just doesn't look like they know how to lead and make the decisions that need to be made when you're in that most important position. That is scary. For the country, and it's and it's why I'm so determined to do everything we can to make sure that you know do to, to help President Trump win because there's a guy who knows how to lead and make it. But I would- so that um, that line, I mean, the the back half of that clip was specifically about Biden, but the front half of that clip was even more concerning to me because he said there are no leaders in this town, no one. Because we've had leaders, or uh, you know, presidents who were either weak leaders or who were wrong leaders, you know, strong man leaders, but for the wrong in the wrong directions in the past, and there have been people to counter them from the other side. Um, and in this case, he said there are no leaders in this town, and I think that's an indictment of Mitch McConnell on the Senate side, and yes, even his fellow conservative who has had some very, very shaky moments in his short time thus far after replacing Kevin McCarthy as Speaker and and Mike Johnson. There's no leadership in D.C. And when you have Biden doing what he's doing, it's scary. Jim Jordan's not a guy who scares easily. He says, I'm nervous about that. I think he means it, and I think we should all be paying attention to that. And that includes with the expenditure of our dollars. Okay, speaking of spending dollars, we want to remind you again. Uh, this is uh, this is what it's about today. 
It's about saving babies' lives through preborn, the preborn ministry. So I want you to go to whkradio.com if you can right now. Uh, maybe during the uh, top of the hour break here, but go to the homepage at whkradio.com and you will see a beautiful baby there. And it says, Ultrasounds Save Lives. For $140, you can save five babies' lives through preborn. Click that banner that's on the homepage there. Or if you don't have access to a keyboard or anything right now, you can just pick up your phone and call the number 833-850-2229. That's 833-850-BABY. Scott Wilder is waiting to take your call, as are other volunteers with preborn, to uh, save babies' lives through the glorious magic of uh of of ultrasound i mean truthfully when moms see prospective moms see their babies in their wombs via ultrasounds over 85 percent of the time they choose to give life to that baby not to abort that baby not to terminate that pregnancy and terminate that baby's life for 28 dollars you can save a baby's life You've got twenty eight dollars. You're going to spend on something that you don't need. How about uh, how about doing the hundred and forty for five babies' lives? You can do that. It's tax deductible, and of course that continues for two hundred and eighty dollars. You can save ten babies' lives. Do what you can, but do something and save babies' lives. We only ask you to do this twice a year, two different donor days in which we have preborn here to tell us what we can do to save lives. Let's do it like we always do. Uh, let's uh, exceed the goal. Eight. 8- Three three eight five zero baby eight three three eight five zero two 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 nine. We'll check in with Scott Wilder again after the top of the hour, and Kersenow with us as well. Stay here. It's always right. Radio AM fourteen twenty. The answer. And available in your area. Currently, we represent nine organizations which offer eighty three products in your area. Please contact Medicare.gov one eight hundred Medicare or your local state health insurance program to get information on all of your options. You and I have a rendezvous with destiny. We'll preserve for our children this, the last best hope of man on earth, or we'll sentence them to take the last step into a thousand years of darkness. Darkness. This is Always Right Radio on AM 1420. The answer is your host, Bob France. All right, it is seven minutes after 10 o'clock on this Tuesday, the 13th month of the month of division in the year of our Lord, 2024. It's also called Fat Tuesday for some reason or another. I guess it's because we're all going to eat as much as we could possibly can in order to survive the horrors of sacrificing something in Lent. <laughs> I'm not going to be able to eat as much meat as I used to uh, because I'm going to have to do it once every seven days, go meatless on Friday, so I better gorge myself on Fat Tuesday. At least that's the way I am seeing it. But uh, welcome, and thanks for being with us on AM 1420, The Answer. Uh, I want to play a real quick clip here before I uh, uh, talk to Scott Wilder again, and then before we bring in our guest, Peter Kirsten, now, because I just saw this. It was on my sound bar, uh, and it says, uh, Biden admits abortion kills child. I don't remember this clip, but it just caught my eye, so I want to play it since it kind of is in the in the, in the wheelhouse today. So the idea that we're going to make a judgment that is going to say that no one can make the judgment to choose to abort a child based on a decision by the Supreme Court, I think goes way overboard. So obviously he was talking about Roe. So this is an older clip, but what made it significant and the reason I saved it, I just figured it out. You heard what he said, right? He said that abortion kills a child. He didn't say a fetus. 
He didn't say a, a mother's health condition that is only for her and her doctor to figure out. He said it out loud that abortion kills a child. How about that? What an interesting uh, way to phrase that. Because moms who see their child in utero recognize that it is a child whenever they have an ultrasound, and that's why they, over 85% of the time, choose to give life, a birth rather. They already have life, but birth to that child. Scott Wilder, that's an interesting soundbite, isn't it? complicated doesn't it when you try and make things up and and change what actually is every now and then the truth slips out yeah and of course we have about 120 minutes left to save 150 more babies uh a dozen roses by the way delivered is about the same as saving one baby actually saving one baby providing one ultrasound is less than a dozen roses delivered so we have 150 babies left and by the way in the comments section if you want to do this in the name of your valentine or to honor someone or in memory of someone. Just say that in the comments section. If you do it online, if you uh, talk to somebody on the phone, just tell them, hey, I want to do this in my wife's name. I'm going to give save five babies, $140, and I'm going to do it in my wife's name or husband or whatever. Uh, so the phone number is 833-850-2229. Mark called that number uh, from Glassport Penn. Uh, he called that number. Do it online really quick or even quicker uh, or the, the phone call, quicker online at whkradio.com. Click on the preborn banner. We're providing ultrasounds because, as you heard Bob say, twice as likely are girls and women likely to choose life when they can hear their baby's heartbeat, see their baby uh, on the ultrasound screen. That's all we're talking about is providing the truth at the most important time. What a great Valentine's Day gift uh, to provide this so that every Valentine's Day is to come. You'll be able to know that you made a difference for this young girl, this woman, and for that baby. You're saving a baby, but you're also coming alongside and saving moms from perhaps a lifetime of pain and sorrow. And so today, would you join us? What a great Valentine's Day gift, Fat Tuesday gift, Mardi Gras gift, however you want to uh, couch it. $140 saves five, $280 saves 10. Uh, so be one of a couple of people to call right now. 833-850-2222. Two nine and be a hero for life today. Thank you, Scott, very much. And a reminder to everybody, again, we, we do this two days a year. That's it. Two days. That's it. We do it once in the fall. We do it once here in February. And we want to save babies' lives. And you always answer the call. You do. You rise up and you ring that bell every single time. We exceed the goal every time. In fact, it's something that makes me very, very proud whenever I talk to our friends at Preborn that we know we have a very generous, caring audience, a compassionate audience, an audience that believes in life. And they make that donation. Again, not everybody is wealthy enough to do say, you know, to save twenty babies for two hundred and eighty dollars or I'm sorry, ten babies for two hundred and eighty dollars or twenty for five hundred and sixty or things like that. But if you can save a baby, if you can save two babies, five babies for hundred and forty dollars, uh he's exactly right. There are things that you're gonna spend money on that are gonna mean nothing. Nothing in the big grand scheme of things. This will mean something. There are babies living right now because we gave and saved over 200 babies last fall in November when we had our last preborn day. So let's uh, let's do that again. Let's exceed that if we can. Call that number 833-850-BABY, 833-850-2229. Do what you can, please. All right, now with that, it is Tuesday, and you know what that means. It is time for our good friend, Mr. Peter Personnel. 
Attorney Peter Kirsten, now a member of the United States Commission on Civil Rights. He is a best-selling author. He's a sometimes columnist, sometimes law professor, full-time attorney as well. And uh, Peter Kirsten, now welcome back, my friend. Good to have you. How are you? I'm doing pretty well, Bob. And I should say, and I'm kind of chagrined to say this because it betrays my ignorance, but um, you had interviewed me about a week ago on your uh, TV show, True yeah. Blue. Mm-hmm. And I have to confess, and don't hold this against me, I'd never watched the interviews and I just went to the website, uh, you know, last week sometime, and I saw remarkable interviews with some of the biggest names, uh, philosophers, movers and shakers out there. And you did a splendid, I mean, I'm not trying to butter you up or anything, but compared to everybody else we see out there, uh, you name it, everybody from Mike Wallace back in, in the day to the present, uh, was the best interviews, Heather McDonald, Alan Dershowitz, I mean, big names. And if uh, anybody wants to be um, informed about particular subjects, that's the place to go. I would go there immediately. I, I don't have the website in front of me. I think it's watchtrueblue.com is the website where you can go if you want to subscribe. And uh, I think it's like four ninety nine a month to subscribe to True Blue, and you can watch all of those on demand, as apparently you're doing. The um, the free way to do it is on the, uh, the fast channels, our TV channels on Roku, Plex TV, and TCL TV. Uh, those are free, and uh, those those air mornings and afternoons. We we have a, we have a new one on every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, like the one we did with you. And then the other days of the week, we have replays of some of the ones that we have done. But uh, those air around six, seven o'clock in the morning, and then around three, four, five o'clock in the afternoon as well. So those are that's how people can do it if they want to watch it for free. But that's very very nice of you to say, Pete. Yeah, well, congrats. I, it was it was outstanding. You know, I, <laughs> most of your audience probably watches some news program, you know, where they're, you know, whether it's the Sunday morning news programs or whatever. Mm-hmm. And they have a pretty uh, good understanding of the standard of journalism there. And uh, I'm not trying to butter up, Bob, but anybody can go there and judge <laughs> for themselves. Yours, yours exceed anybody I've seen. Uh, they, they really are. They're, they're, they're really astounding. Well, I really appreciate you coming in. I know it wasn't easy for you to get in there as well, and so I appreciate you coming in. People love listening to you, so it was really a, a, a blessing you gave to me to come down to our studio and do that. So if people want to watch my uh, hour with Peter Kersenow, along with some many of the others that he is referring to right now, again, you can do it on demand for, like I said, four ninety nine a month. Uh, it's like nothing. It's not like a Netflix 20-some dollar subscription. It's four ninety nine at watchtrueblue.com. And that's not just for me, by the way. That's to watch Chris Hansen take down bad guys. It's to watch... All kinds of great uh, uh, um, uh, law enforcement-themed programming and documentaries. I mean, it's really a phenomenal, phenomenal channel. You should check it out at Watch True Blue. The only thing I caution people, if you try to spell it the way you think you spell it, you're not going to find it. There's no E's in True or Blue, okay? It's Watch, T-R-U-B-L-U, Watch True Blue with no E's, uh, .com. And so, Peter, thank you for that. All right, um, Pete, there's a lot of work that we have to do. Um, we're gonna we were gonna start with uh, you know talking about uh, the the you know cog- cognitive decline of Joe Biden, which has been a common theme over the course of the last three years, but really hit home on uh, uh, this past uh, Thursday night when he called that hasty press conference to uh, denounce the uh, the uh, special counsel's report on his mental acuity and memory and so forth. But I just want to get your thoughts on this super quick, quick Pete, because this one popped up on my screen as I prepped this morning, and I said to myself, I'm going to ask Kersenau about that. Each U.S. military service branch saw a notable decline in recruits over the last five years. You knew that. I knew that. Everybody knows mm-hmm. that, that it's dipping. But this particular story is about demographics. White recruits 
Army, Navy, and Air Force missed their recruiting objectives by historically large margins in fiscal year 2023 uh, as the broader American public has grown wary of military service, but more specifically, the number of whites who are volunteering to serve uh, is the worst ever, or excuse me, is fueling what they're calling the worst ever recruiting crisis. And Pete, I saw that, and I wanted to ask you, because we talk about matters of race all of the time, and most specifically about the only group against whom it is um, it is okay, it is permissible to be discriminatory and to be racist against right now, and those are white people, particularly white males. Um, I, what a shock that that all of this time, you know, they're telling white males, you are useless, you are invading spaces you don't belong, you are oppressors, you are crackers, you know, whip crackers, you are doing all of these horrible things. We don't want you around. And so suddenly they're not going to put on uniforms and they're going, hey, where were you at, white guys? How come you're not here to strengthen our, our forces? I mean, I'm not surprised by this at all. Are you? No, I'm not surprised. It's interesting you brought it up. A couple of months ago, I have uh, proposed this as a hearing topic for the U.S. Commission on Civil Rights because this is a true national security issue. I've been aware of, the, of these demographics for a while now. Uh, there have been several people who have gotten in touch with me about it. But if you watch uh, the way especially uh, Democratic administrations, but it's been kind of a, almost a, it's been an automatic pilot. There has been and you mentioned it, it's not just in the military, but it's been across the board, colleges, you name it, uh, that have denigrated the contributions of white males and have, frankly, discouraged white males from applying to college, uh, from going into the military. And it, frankly, also, um, if you just look at the recruitment ads and the direction in which, especially this administration, has been directing its funds toward recruitment, it really is... Bob, you and I, and I bet you many of the members of your audience, um, males generally gravitate to, quote-unquote, macho things. That's, that's a true thing. No doubt about that. Um, we want to prove ourselves. We want to be thought of as being manly men. Now, much of society tries to deride that and deny that, but that is a fundamental truth of life, as Rush would say. Uh, when you start having ads that make uh, things such as transgenderism or any form of multiculturalism or, and doesn't emphasize the martial aspects of serving, you're generally going to get a certain, again, almost every, well, every male in my family has served in the military except for me. But um, you're going to get males that maybe, you know, there are going to be a lot of great males who are going to enlist nonetheless, but it's going to discourage a lot of males and especially a lot of white males from joining. If you take a look at college recruitment, for example, males are clearly at a significant minority in colleges across campus. Why? Because if you go, you look at the curricula and you also look at the recruitment, it's you know, derogatory toward males generally, especially toward white males, and that's going to be the natural result. I mean, any advertising executive could tell you that's going to be the result. This has profound implications, and we're going to be studying that at the Civil Rights Commission, because if you take a look at contrary to the conventional wisdom, and every American group contributes mightily to the defense of our country, and I thank God for every single person who does that, but um, our popular culture, mainly driven by the left, tends to deride white males and claim that white males, or, or at least the, the um, hagiography is that 
you know, Vietnam, for example, black males were supposedly killed at a greater level. Most of what you hear about these things are utterly false. They are leftist propaganda designed for certain reasons, and unfortunately, we don't have enough people stepping up to say that's false. And the reason why you want to say it's false is because you always want to have the truth out there. You want accuracy as a baseline matter, but also because you have the kind of repercussions that we're talking about. Fewer white males are enlisting into the service. And that has, as I said, significant issues downstream. And, you know, we've seen on occasion now over the last several years, the various services failing to meet their recruitment targets. In a nation of 340 million people, that can't possibly be. But, you know, heck, if I were of um, military service age, and I turn on the television or I see a recruitment ad, and what I see is uh, Admiral Levine, a uh, poster of Admiral Levine or the latest transgender, I'm not joining. Sorry, I'm not joining. I'm not attracted to that, and, uh, you know, I'm not going to be doing that kind of stuff. So I agree, Peter. I, you know, and, and not just Levine, but you remember the actual ad campaign, a recruiting campaign that they ran last summer featuring a transgender, meaning a guy dressed in drag, on the deck of a battleship. He's an actual Navy sailor, but that's how he dresses when he's not in his uniform. He dresses like that. He was doing a dance, and it looked like the village people, and I'm sorry. Nobody is going to want to go and say, hey, I want to go and serve on that battleship. I'm sorry, but it's reality. In, in, in addition to the racial aspect and component where white people, white males are made to feel not welcome, not not allowed to be on the premises, not allowed to have a say, and so on and so forth. They're guilty of, you know, toxic masculinity and patriarchy and all these other things. So suddenly they're staying away, and now they're wondering, how come you're not coming? Why aren't you coming here to die for us? Be our be our defenders as we castigate you, as we criticize you and ridicule you for who you are. Um, you know, we want you to come and be the ones to lay your lives on the line to defend this country and our all-volunteer military. And they're saying, no, enough is enough. Right, right. And as I said, I want to see people testifying at the Civil Rights Commission to provide context and have a record so that we can go to the administration and say, hey, cut out this silliness. It's not just silliness. This has serious national security issues. I bet you many of your audience members have seen videos of the recruitment ads for our adversaries like Russia and China. And those are macho on steroids. They are macho on steroids. And I have to admit, if you had translated that into English and made them Americans, you'd want me to join. At my age, I'd want to join. It really does. It attracts. Yes. Men have martial instincts. I don't care what these, you know, feminist professors have to say about that. But men have natural martial instincts. Not to say that females don't or that females can't be contributors into the military. Not to say that at all. But if you want to attract men, an undeniable truth of life is you better make it look super macho. Guys want to join that kind of stuff. Same with football or anything else that requires physical contract or placing somebody within harm. Um, But do you know know, how many people I know that I graduated high school with who went into the military simply because... I want to be badass, or I am badass, and I want to go do badass things. And they saw the back then, you know, those military recruiting videos and commercials, and and so on and so forth. And they're like, "Yup, sign me up." I I have friends who went to college and then went into the military after college. You know, I mean, the other way around. Yep. Instead of going and getting a GI bill and paying for college, no, they went and and did their studies and then said, "I still and I want to go do that because it looks freaking awesome." And masculine, hard men 
crave that kind of stuff. But two things. Yep. One, the, the white part we're talking about now, they have completely diminished it. They have also taken out the masculinity of it by what you're talking about, the wokeness and the uh, transgenderism and so on and so forth that they're pushing and encouraging and saying that uh, our strongest strength uh, or our greatest strength as a military is our diversity. We have to be diverse to be our, at our strongest. No, we don't. As a matter of fact, Peter, uh, and I did not serve, but I know enough people who did, you know, one of the things that the military tries to do, honestly, is erase your individual personality. Yeah. It's why they shave everybody's head. It's why we all wear the same colored uniform. It's why we all look alike and act alike because you're here to be a part of something that is unified not individually diverse and the idea that they're they're literally reversing that right now is why we have our, our recruiting goals being what they are yeah uh incredible national security implications and we need to get our heads on straight and a lot of it i tell you this wokeism i've spoken to friends of mine who've been at west point and are alums of west point and they are chagrined at what's happening there among our leadership our cadre, okay, the officers coming out of West Point, uh, you know, so much wokeism there, according to them. I have not been there. Um, you know, I didn't go to West Point. I got recruited to go there, and it, and it was a choice between West Point and Cornell. Ended up at Cornell for a variety of reasons. But uh, nonetheless, this is what this is a danger when our mm-hmm. leadership cadre, but also the rank and file, can, you know, if we're having trouble recruiting in a nation of 330 million people, that's serious. And I think our government needs to focus on that big time because the world is becoming more and more of a dangerous place, especially under Joe Biden. And we can't tolerate this. No question about it. It is dangerous. This is dangerous, too. age, you would respond with the words, watch me. Well, many American people have been watching, and they have expressed concerns about your age. That is they, your judgment. They, that is your judgment. Public that is not the judgment concerns. of the press. They express concerns about your mental acuity. They say that you are too old. Mr. President, in December, you told me that you believe there are many other Democrats who could defeat Donald Trump. So why does it have to be you now? What, what is your answer to that question? I'm the most qualified person in this country to be President of the United States and finish the job I started. <laughs> Dementia Joe got big mad the other night, Peter Kersenow. I want you to break that down. 18. Thank you for finally noticing. Keeping you informed among the uninformed. Always Right Radio with Bob France on The Answer. 10.35 now. We do continue on AM 1420. The answer we'll get uh, back with Peter Kirsten now in just a moment. But I want to talk with Scott Wilder again because it is a very important day. One of our two yeah. donor days every year in which we partner with Preborn Ministries to save babies' lives through the wonder of ultrasound. And Scott Wilder is taking your calls, hopefully getting all kinds of uh, big donations uh, so that we can indeed support this extraordinary effort to save babies' lives. Scott, tell us how we're doing. Yeah, this is the only day we're doing this. We only have today. So if you've been thinking about it and talking about it, hearing about it, or maybe you remember that we did it a year ago and there are 250 babies alive today about to celebrate their first Valentine's Day tomorrow, mm. all because of what we did together. We're going to do it again. We do it every year this time. The phone number is 833-850-2229. Have a little more than 140 babies left to save Diane in Cleveland. Thank you. $140, yeah, that'll save five babies. Uh, $280 saves 10 babies. Uh, $700 saves 25 babies. $28 saves one baby. 
Uh, $28 a month saves a baby a month for less than a dollar a day. The statistics, as you said earlier, Bob, are remarkable. A girl who sees her baby, hears her baby's heartbeat, is overwhelmingly more likely to choose life, more than 85% of the time. So all you have to do is provide the ultrasound. It's so easy to do. It's ours to do. If we don't do it, it won't be done. So don't mistake the nodding of the head for the doing of the thing. And let's join together today on our one and only day. We have one day to save 200 babies. We have 145 left to save. And here's the number, 833-850-2229. That's 833-850. The last four spell baby. Uh, 2229 spells baby. Uh, Or go online. Really easy to do. Quick online. Less than 60 seconds. You can get it done online when you go to whkradio.com. And if you want to give the $15,000 one-time gift to provide an ultrasound machine, we do that all the time, 69 times last year. So I don't, I mean, I could never do it, but maybe somebody listening right now would say, I want that to be my family's legacy or my business legacy or my personal legacy same number 833-850-2229 or online at whkradio.com yeah countless babies lives are saved when somebody is able to do that again it's not something many of us can afford to do i'm not one of them but absolutely people in this listening audience can and if you can do the fifteen thousand dollar gift you will save countless babies i will do my part by the way i'll be doing it as they do each and every time we have this donor campaign during one of the breaks by going to the uh, webpage, whkradio.com, and click on the uh, preborn banner at the very top of the page. Uh, you enter in your credit card information. Mine is probably still in there from previous ones, so if you, were, if you had saved your info, it's a quick, easy click, click. How many babies are you going to save today? Uh, but I plan on doing it as soon as we get into a break as well. I hope you will join me in reaching that extraordinarily important goal. All right, it's uh, 1038. want to bring Peter Kersenow back in. Peter, tell me if you, this sounds like a um, healthy, um, aware and qualified world leader. There is some movement, and I don't want to. I don't want to. Well, maybe choose my words. There's some movement. There's been a response from the. Uh, the, the there's been a response from the opposition, but. Um, it, it, yes, I'm sorry, from Hamas, but it seems to be uh, a little over the top. We're not sure where it is. There's a continuing negotiation right now. Peter, that was one week ago today. That was the President of the United States in a live press conference. While standing, it seemed as if he dozed off and completely forgot where he was and what he was talking about. He did not know the name of the uh, terror group Hamas. He did not know what he was trying to say about Hamas. Um, And just uh, a day later, I think it was uh, last Wednesday, the report came out, or maybe it was Thursday, the report came out from Special Counsel Robert Hur saying, yeah, he willfully did keep a whole lot of classified documents, absolutely, but we're not charging him. Why? Because no jury is going to convict a kindly, gentle, old man with a very poor memory. He was so livid, he took to the press conference uh, uh, that evening, took the podium to prove how strong and mentally fit he is, and he embarrassed himself yet again, not knowing the difference between Egypt and Mexico, uh, not remembering the name of the church where he got the rosary because he was so forceful and remembering uh, uh, when his, do- his son died in the whole nine yards. So, Peter Kersenow, why don't you take it from there? 
Boy, there's a lot to say there, a lot to unpack. First thing is if we had a functioning country, uh, we'd invoke the 25th Amendment. Okay. Now, there are political reasons why the 25th Amendment may not be invoked, but there's a process set forth. Most of us believe that Joe Biden was not competent to be president of the United States, but there was an electoral judgment made. And contrary to what the Democrats try to do with, with Trump, we believe that the voters have a right to choose who they want as president, whether or not they did in 2020 is another matter. <laughs> but uh, nonetheless, um, what we have here is somebody who, by all, you don't have to be a psychologist, you don't have to be an educational professional, you know, all you have to be is somebody who's been on this earth for more than, say, three minutes, and you can see that this guy is not qualified to run an ice cream stand, no offense to people who do so, uh, let alone be the most powerful man in the world, at least ostensibly. He's got the keys to the nuclear kingdom, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Um, and a functioning republic would invoke the mechanisms that are in its primary documents, the 25th Amendment. You know, if it appears, if he can't conduct the, the duties of the job, then there should be. The problem is we've got a vice president who can't perform the duties of the job. Now, now at least on a minimal level, I suppose that she could show up. She would make stupid decisions. Um, but She says she's ready to serve, by the way. That was a headline earlier today. Harris says she is yeah. ready to serve in the event. And I'm thinking to myself, unless she's talking about drinks or dinner, uh, then I'm scared of that statement. Yeah. Because that's the only thing she's qualified to serve. Yeah, right. All the reasons you mentioned, Biden should not be president of the United States. This is a serious, all times are serious when you're president of the United States. But we've got multiple uh, threats facing us. There's not just China constantly doing things that are provocative. But we've got a number of other things going on. You mentioned Hamas and and, uh, Middle East situation generally. And we've got the crisis at the southern border. We've got terrorists coming across the border. We know that with the fact that terrorists are coming across the border. We just don't know how many. We know we've caught a lot of them. But my goodness, millions of people have entered the border. Serious things going on. And we have somebody who can barely negotiate the steps of Air Force One. And when he does, at least a couple of times out of ten, he's going to fall down. We've seen it happen. And there's a reason for those things. It's not just an accident. This is, this is something that is serious. Now, I understand politics are always going to be part of the equation, but there comes a time when responsible people transcend politics and think about the good of the nation. I know that's kind of a forgotten concept over the last couple of decades, but it's true. Now, the Democrats have a real conundrum, because if they remove Biden, they've got Kamala Harris, who in in 20 more years, she may be equal to Biden in terms of incompetency, but on a baseline, I would say, you know, you heard me say for years, Bob, when I first started going to testify before Congress and interacting with members of Congress 25 years ago, I would come back and tell people, Joe Biden is the dumbest um, human being on the face of the earth. I said that kind of in jest, but he was clearly the dumbest person in Congress. That was before the dementia. That's before the age-related decline. He was not a bright bulb. Now, having said that, Maybe 35 years ago, if you've watched some video of him, he looks as if he's fairly sharp. At least he can articulate things in a, in a way that he can't do right now. Yeah, but only if he's stealing other people's words. The only time he sounded sharp, seriously, is he's plagiarizing other people. But I I digress. Neil Kinnock and and, uh, you you name it. But nonetheless, um, that's that's what needs to be done. But it's not going to happen because of a variety of reasons. The Democrats can't acknowledge that we've got a numbskull as president. Um, But it's also because they are frightened of having a Kamala Harris step into that role. So here we are. 
This is what happened after the 2020 election. This is what happens when you don't have functioning institutions. The media, for example, is now turning on Biden because, let's face it, it is so plain they can't continue to prop him up and their diminished credibility. I think the trust in the media fell from 76% in 2016 to under 50% now. And there's a reason for it. It's even amazing that's 50%. But uh, five, think about this. Five times as many people watched the Tucker interview of Putin than the combined um, uh, subscriptions of all newspapers in this country. Revenue among them has fallen 60%. Now, there's alternate um, media sources, obviously, but a lot of that has to do with the plummeting trust people have in the media. So now the media sees that, hey, we can't continue covering for this guy. Otherwise, there are going to be even more layoffs than just at the L.A. Times and New York Times and all these other places that have been cratering. So they will at least have to acknowledge that this guy can't be president. So, what, you know, what do Democrats do? I don't know. They'll figure something out. It'll be shady. They'll probably blame Trump somehow. But this is a crisis period in America. 30 years from now, we will look back at this period and we'll say, how did we get to this pass? How could a great republic allow itself to be led by somebody who can't tie his own shoelaces? They talk about the danger of Trump all the time. And I'm, I ask people when they say that very blithely, oh, he's a threat to democracy. I said, cite one thing he, do, he did in his four years that was a danger to democracy. As far as I could tell, you don't like the way he behaves, but he shored up the United, the, the, the United States of America so that we were less susceptible to invasion from foreign adversaries or from illegal immigrants. He made sure we had a strong economy, low inflation, no wars, low crime rates. You go on, but you don't like the way he behaves. Fine, I get that. But my goodness, right now we have a true danger to our republic and the founding fathers, who are much more sober and intelligent than we are, put in place a mechanism. At least go through the motions. We understand you may not get it done, but at least show that you have enough respect for the Constitution of the United States and for the American people that you will go through that mechanism. Yeah, that, that's uh, that's exactly right. And <clears throat> excuse me, um, Pete, when you when you talk about uh, threat to democracy, they call Trump a threat to democracy. We literally are watching Joe Biden continue to try to jail his his number one opponent and to try to keep and not just Joe Biden but the Democrat party to keep him off the ballot so that the people can't have a choice isn't democracy the act of voting I thought that was kind of the point right. here you know we are not a democracy but we practice democracy and the only way you can practice democracy is to give the people the right to vote for whom they wish not say you aren't qualified to be on here you're not eligible through a bunch of the ridiculous uh, political um, uh, machinations that they have gone through to try to stop him. Um, so, Pete, I want to I pivot now to the congressional news, go from the executive to the Congress now and talk about what happened last night. Actually, it happened overnight, <clears throat> despite 
filibuster attempts from J.D. Vance, I believe Mike Lee, uh, Rand Paul, and a couple of others all spoke for an hour each and uh, trying to delay, if not stop, the vote on the $95 billion supplemental uh, aid package, two-thirds of which goes to Ukraine, um, about uh, $14 billion goes to Israel, about $10 billion goes to Hamas by way of Gaza, and yes, it will go right directly to the enemy of, of Israel, because Hamas takes everything there, and then Taiwan. Not a nickel in border security here. Now, it's not that I wanted those combined. I didn't. But I'm saying, how can they possibly take those measures up before passing a bill that actually um, supports and secures our border? And that's not about money anyway. That's simply about a change in policy. Uh, Biden could do it without any congressional action whatsoever. But if Congress is going to act, then why on earth isn't that number one? First, we secure our border. Now we start talking about whether or not we get leftover money to send to secure Ukraine's border and to aid and assist in all of these other uh, uh, issues around the world. So they passed it with 22 Republicans joining the Democrats. Um, uh, on that, uh, in that uh, passage on the Senate side, Mike Johnson says it's DOA on the House side, and you say what? I say I'm liking Mike Johnson so far in his uh, very brief tenure. He's been doing the right things. And number two is, yeah, it better be dead on arrival. And if I could make a request of all your listeners, they've heard me do this before, call your congressman and give him the what for. Call every single one of your representatives and tell them no way on this stupid bill. And also to man up and make sure that America, America's considerations come first. Regardless of what you think in terms of the merits of Ukraine's argument or anyone else, America comes first. The Dems like to deride the whole America first issue. But this is the United States of America. Call your Congress. It's very easy. All of you have heard me speak in various locations. Know that I do this all the time. Just call the House switchboard. You don't have to actually know your representative's individual number. They'll put you through. Call the House switchboard. I have been there when that has happened. They get the phone calls. It does make a difference because when they hear from you, they may, you know, look, they may like getting money from various lobbyists. They may like all kinds of things, but you are the guys who vote. It actually works. Call 202 224 Three one two one. I have that committed to memory because when I get angry, I call two o two 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 four three one two one and give them the what for, as the Bowery Boys would do. Give them the what for on this. How the heck could anyone consider giving tens of billions? We're already looking for where the tens of billions we sent to Ukraine are are going. Ukraine was acknowledged. Look, I I have no brief for Vladimir Putin. And it is bad that Ukraine's been invaded. No issue about that. But that has, that's a separate issue from whether or not we should be giving billions into a sinkhole that's widely recognized, before the invasion was widely recognized, as the most corrupt country in the world. A country that had so many American politicians going over there. For what reason? Why are they going over there? Is it some kind of vacation spot? Why were they going to Ukraine at that time, taking pictures and getting all kinds of campaign donations and who knows what else? I mean, I'm not alleging some conspiracy theory here. I'm saying that America comes first, and somebody's got to explain to me why it is that tens of billions just blithely get over to Ukraine, and we can't get a dime for our southern border through which 8 million people have come, many of whom are criminals, 
many of whom are terrorists, many of whom are huge burdens on the public fisc. I mean, gigantic burdens on the public fisc. Uh, we're talking about over the course of the uh, next few years, we're looking at tens of billions of dollars net that are going out of the U.S. Treasury because of illegal immigration. And we can't secure our own southern border. This is an abomination. That's why I like the fact that Mike Johnson said very calmly, this is dead on arrival. He's been doing some good things. Again, I hold withhold judgment until somebody's tenure is completely done because we've been disappointed so many times by people who are going in the right direction and then all of a sudden veer off and do something stupid. But that's politics. Yeah. You know, you don't always get what you want. We understand that kind of stuff. But so far, I think I kind of like Mike Johnson, and uh, I'm going to, you know, I'm, I'm going to continue to root for him as long as he does the right thing. Yeah, I've but, been uh, I've been lukewarm on Mike Johnson thus far because um, he does do the right things in moments like this. But again, he has uh, pushed forth uh, continuing resolution after continuing resolution. Two of them now since he replaced McCarthy, which is what got McCarthy booted uh, largely in the first place in terms of uh, the budget. Uh, so they keep kicking that down the road instead of actually dealing with it and cutting spending. Uh, so you know that's that's a problem for me, but. Uh, you, the fact that he is not willing to take up this vote, at least I hope that's the case. And Peter, I will tell you this. This literally is going to be all on the speaker. Because if he allows this to come to a vote, this bill that was just passed overwhelmingly in the Senate, with 22 Republicans supporting it, um, we will not be able to prevail. They will get it passed because we only have, a, what, a three-member majority right now pending the outcome of the uh, New York uh, repla- uh, <coughs> special election to replace uh, Santos. <clears throat> It's only a, there, you can only lose three, and I absolutely believe there are three. Just like there were three who wouldn't uh, uh, vote to impeach Mayorkas uh, last week, there are at least three: Ken Buck, uh, McClintock, uh, uh, and who else? Um, oh, Gallagher, Mike Gallagher, who announced he's leaving Congress now. They didn't even they wouldn't vote to support uh, or to impeach um, uh, Alejandro Mayorkas. So, Peter, I, 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 this is literally going to be on the speaker if he brings it for a vote. I am terrified that Republicans will indeed send it to Joe Biden's desk. Yeah, we always have to be terrified because Republicans have a way of shooting themselves in the foot. But I don't care if they shoot themselves in the foot. Uh, It's hurting the nation profoundly. And if they can't figure that out, they should be out on their butts. We need a new crew in there to do the right thing. Um, Folks, you've heard me say this last week and the week before, and I just generally refer to who I consider to be the best living historian we've got, Victor Davis Hanson, mm-hmm. who's been sounding the alarm about the decline of America, and it's dire and it's imminent. Uh, we don't have a whole lot of time to be screwing around with this stuff. We were, you know, we talk politics and have been for years and years and years, and there's always been fluctuating degrees of alarm and, uh, and uh, danger associated with what politicians have been doing and the United States of America's prospects. Uh, but everyone can look around now and know that if you've been on this earth for more than 20 years, you know, this can't go on the way it has been. We are hurting the United States of America profoundly. Much of it lies with our politicians, but it lies with all of us. We should be out there beating them over the head figuratively to do the right thing. And it amazes me that Republicans constantly find a way of letting Lucy pull the football from them constantly. And they should be punished for it. They absolutely should. Peter Kirsten, out. Terrific job, as always, my friend. Thanks for breaking it down for us. We will talk to you again very soon. Take care, Bob. Thank you, Pete. Uh, McConnell, Thune, Boozman, Capito, Cassidy, Collins, Cornyn, Kramer, Crapo, 
Ernst, Grassley, <clears throat> Hoven, Kennedy, which really makes me sick. Sick. Moran, <clears throat> Murkowski, Rish, Romney, Round, Sullivan, Tillis, Wicker, and Young. You know what I just read to you? The new Blue 22. They live in Ohio, and now they live in the United States Senate as well. 22 Republicans joined to pass the, hey, border security for the rest of the world, but none for the United States. 22 Republicans joined the Democrats in that. How about that? Kudos, by the way, and a hat tip to uh, the politically incorrect mechanic. My man Charlie pointed that out. 22, just like there were 22 turncoats in the Ohio House of Representatives, the new blue 22. All right, we're going to take a time out here. Top of the hour break is coming your way. We'll get a newscast. On the other side, we're going to talk to Scott Wilder some more. We're going to find out where we are. I'm going to get on right now during this break. I'm going to click on that pre-born banner at whkradio.com. I'm going to put in my credit card information and make my contribution. Uh, I want you to do the same. Let's save the code to retirement savings and peace of mind. Log on to mortoshfinancial.com and then call 877-GAINS-4-U. This hour of Always Right Radio is brought to you by The Floor King and KeepingMedicareSimple.com. You and I know and do not believe that life is so dear and peace so sweet as to be purchased at the price of chains and slavery. If nothing in life is worth dying for, when did this begin? Just in the face of this enemy? Or should Moses have told the children of Israel to live in slavery under the pharaohs? Should Christ have refused the cross? Should the patriots at Concord Bridge have thrown down their guns and refused to fire the shot heard round the world? The martyrs of history were not fools. And our honored dead, who gave their lives to stop the advance of the Nazis, didn't die in vain. Where then is the road to peace? Well, it's a simple answer after all. You and I have the courage to say to our enemies, there is a price we will not pay. There is a point beyond which they must not advance. This is Always Right Radio with Bob Frantz on AM 1420, The Answer. All right, our third and final hour is now underway. It is eight minutes after 11 o'clock on this Tuesday, the 13th morning of the second month, which is the month of division in the year of our Lord 2024. Thanks again to Peter Kirschnow. If you missed that conversation, you're going to want to check it out after the show. About an hour after the show ends, you'll hear it at whkradio.com. You can go back in and listen to the whole show if you wish. Anything that you may have missed, uh, it is there for you. You'll also find a couple of um, really important clips from yesterday's show that have been put up there. You can just listen to those. You don't have to hunt for those, in other words, <clears throat> because they've been isolated on their own. Part of it is a uh, clip from uh, Jim Jordan yesterday in which he admits for the first time in his career as an elected official that he's actually nervous about something in D.C. right now. You're going to want to hear that. And then a longer, about almost a full half hour, we had yesterday with Skip Claypool, former Geauga County Commissioner, and uh, uh, Jonathan Broadbent, the founder of uh, um, Unwoke Investing, and they talked about the threat and the danger of, that we all face if you are in one of the five counties involved in NOACA, the Northeast Ohio uh, uh, agency, uh, oh, I forget, uh, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm messing up the uh, acronym now, NOAC, an area-wide coordinating agency. There you go. Anyway, that conversation with Skip and Jonathan is very, very important, and it's one that I want you to be able to share. We had a caller, in fact, after the uh, interview yesterday with Jonathan and uh, and Skip, 
we had a caller who said, hey, you know, we need more people Do you think uh, to know this. Do you think you can replay some of these shows that you do on the weekends and when there's other time available? And, and I said, one of the things you can do is share the links with people at the web page. And uh, so we made that easy. It's isolated. I've already sent it to a couple of people who have asked for it, so they can send it out in emails to, uh, you know, some group groups that they belong to. And so uh, we've made that easy for you. Just go to whkradio.com, click on podcast, click on local podcast, click on Always Right Radio, and you'll see it right there. Skip Claypool and Jonathan Broadbent. That conversation from yesterday is isolated and easy for you to share. All right. Having said all of that, uh, this is an important day for us, as you know. I spent my time during the uh, top of the hour news break uh, doing my part and making my donation. And I certainly hope that you have been able to do the same thing as we continue to fight to save babies' lives. Scott Wilder from Preborn is with us. He's been with us all morning. Uh, we only do this two times a year, so this is the only day that we can do this, mm-hmm. not until uh, again in November. Mm-hmm. This is the only chance that we have to save babies' lives and Scott Wilder, you know, uh, it, it's I, I I wonder how many people thought the battle was over mm-hmm. when the Supreme Court, you know, reversed Roe versus Wade and yeah. uh, and turned this back over to the states. People thought, hey, you know, we won. Yeah. We didn't win. The fight is still ongoing, and it's ongoing every single day, isn't it? No, it is. In fact, I think sadly, most people didn't really understand that that overturning Roe just turns it back to the states. And you look at California, look at the whole left coast. I mean, look at Illinois, look at New York, New Jersey, look at even Michigan, Minnesota, Colorado, here. Uh, You you look all over and you say, golly, um, look at what is happening. It's abortion on steroids in so many cases. It's almost abortion trafficking, traveling into a state for the sole purpose of abortion it's it's like a destination wedding but it's not you know it's for abortion let me thank edward uh thanks from uh, from edward and sandy saving five babies patricia and willoughby hills robert and Illyria, uh mark and salone uh salon sorry uh amelia in seven hills vincent at westlake jonathan at columbia station john and akron said i'm happy to be able to do what i can and amelia said hey you know what i'm happy to be able to save babies lives we have amazingly exactly 100 babies left to save on our one and only day to do this and you're exactly right bob uh, it's not a time to you know sort of dust our hands off and take a victory lap uh now it's more important than ever how long did we wait thinking this was all a political thing it can all be handled in politics the right president at the right time with the right congress the right court the right mood to do the right thing and look where we are today uh the uh, demand for abortion even right here in ohio is higher than ever but when a young lady sees her baby, hears her baby's heartbeat, then guess what? As George W. Bush used to say, she's the decider-in-chief. She will decide. And when her heart is changed because of your introduction to her baby, um, you will know that you've stood for life in the really the single most effective way. So $140 saves five babies. We have 100 left to save. If we could save 10 babies in the next 10 minutes, be you know, a, a good step toward what we can do in the next 47 minutes. 833-850-2229. 833-850-2229. Show a little love the day before Valentine's Day. So call the number or go online to whkradio.com. Yeah, thank you uh, for that. And, and, and uh, Scott, it is so, so important for people to know. We did, shockingly, in this state, which I believe to be, 
a true family value state, a red mm-hmm. state uh, through and through, uh, for whatever reason, uh, the numbers came up the way they did in the November election. And we are like California. In fact, many have suggested that Ohio is worse than any of those uh, you know, left coast states in terms of what happened here, because we are a red state. They expect that in the left-wing cultures of California true. and Oregon and Washington That's and true. New York and Illinois and, and some others. Mm-hmm. But we're a heartland red state. And uh, the people came out with that, uh, and I think very, very misleading in many ways, um, that uh, constitutional amendment uh, to to legalize abortion up to any point in the pregnancy, including up to birth in the state of Ohio, and it passed, and it passed strongly. So, you know, legally, there's nothing we can do at the moment. We have to do this by way of convincing and by way of touching the heart and, moreover, letting the image of a woman's baby in her body or or a younger girl's uh, baby in her body let that touch their heart and make them make the right choice if the uh, if the law in Ohio allows it uh, then there's not much we can do about that at the moment but uh, what we can do is try to convince uh, you know these uh, these would be moms and hopefully soon to be will be moms uh, to make the right choice and that's what this ultrasound uh, um, uh, in, entire endeavor is for so sure. please join us and and I think Scott said we got a hundred to go to reach our goal I mean it, it, it helped me out it helped me out and do the math here it's 20 people doing five babies a person it's 20 people make phone calls right now or go online like I did during my break and uh, and and go on the web page at whkradio.com and click that link. 20 people do five. That's 100. How about that? Or 10 people if you want to do $280 and save 10 babies. 10 people can do it and we'll reach our reach our goal as well. But we got to save 100 babies by the end of this hour and we can absolutely do it. I have faith in you. You have never let me down in, uh, in the years that we've been doing preborn together. Uh, again, it's only twice a year, so this is the only day right now where you can do this. Uh, at least that will make this appeal. You can, of course, make donations at any point by going to the preborn site. But for our purposes, this is our day to do this, and I want to make sure that we hit that goal. So, uh, ten people to do five, or excuse me, twenty people to do five, or t- or ten people to do uh, ten, and uh, and we'll get that goal met. So uh, hit that number eight three three eight five zero baby, or get on whkradio.com and hit the uh, uh, the banner at the top. Uh, we certainly use, uh, would appreciate that support. Okay, uh, I want to pivot now back to some of the news of the day that we were discussing with Peter Kersenow, and he talked about Kamala Harris. And I, I have to tell you, because we talked about whether or not you know Biden's uh, advancing age and the very clearly defined um, cognitive issues that he has that was, that was uh, defined by the uh, uh, special counsel that was investigating his classified documents crimes. And they were, because he was a, you know, very different than Donald Trump's. Joe Biden never had the authority to declassify any documents when he was vice president of the United States. Only the president could have done so unilaterally. And yet he had boxes of them in up to 10 different locations. Uh, 10 different locations, including next to his Corvette in his garage. The special counsel's report showed pictures of those boxes. Biden came out and lied about that. But the point being... His criminal activity with respect to those classified documents will not be prosecuted because he is not cognitively able uh, to be prosecuted, according to the special prosecutor, or the special counsel, rather. Uh, and still, the left is going crazy because how dare they say that about his mental health? So, naturally, the, the with 80, what's the number? 86? 86% of Americans, I believe, is the, the updated number, up from the 73% the last time that a survey about this was taken. 
83% of, of, of Americans believe that he is too old to continue to be president, much less to be reelected president. 83%, and that has all eyes turning to Kamala Harris and saying, you know, if he can't do this, and, and, and if the, the results are, are real, um, what are you going to do here? And her response was, and this should scare the bejesus out of you, she said, I am ready to serve. There is no question about that. She said this to the Wall Street Journal when asked about the challenge of convincing voters she's up to the job, because those who see her work are, quote, fully aware, end quote, of her, quote, capacity to lead, end quote, she said in the interview. Um, And I'm thinking to myself, as I said to Peter, if she says she's ready to serve anything but hors d'oeuvres or drinks, then I've got a problem. Because I don't think she, I don't think she could handle serving hors d'oeuvres, to be honest with you, or drinks, much less serving as president of the United States of America. However, and this is the reality, she's taken more of a public role and been more visible in recent months. You know, she's become the lead messenger on the abortion issue, uh, trying to push for more abortion rights, celebrating, uh, you know, um, uh, all of their uh, Planned Parenthood victories and victories in Ohio and things like that that they have had. So she's, you know, continuing to scream uh, and, and wanting a return to Roe and all of this other nonsense. So she's taken a much more visible role here. And I will say, as unqualified and unprepared she is to serve as President of the United States, I will tell you that if we do it fast enough, it would be better than the alternative. What I mean by that is, if we accept that Joe Biden cannot run for president again, because as the special counsel reported, he doesn't know, doesn't remember when he was vice president. He did not remember when that ended, what year. He did not remember uh, to a period of years when his son died. He is so completely cognitively impaired right now that he cannot serve and if that is the ending determination then of course somebody else is going to have to be appointed to run in his his place as the republic or the democrat nominee right as frightening as the idea of president harris sounds it sounds better than President Newsom for four years, because it's my contention that President Harris would only be for about six months. You follow me? If Biden is still the president when the Democratic National Convention is held, and that's when they push him aside or he steps aside, they get to then vote and pick anybody out of a hat not that they would do it that way, but I mean, they're probably going to look at Michelle Obama or Gavin Newsom or some of these other people and run behind that person who would be a legitimate threat to beat Donald Trump. Right? But if we can move on this fast enough and push them into acknowledging Joe Biden's incapacity for leading early enough, then Michelle Obama, or excuse me, Michelle Obama, because uh, again, that's the that's the worst case, or that's a, a worst case scenario is if she's the nominee. But if we can do this quickly enough and get Kamala Harris into the Oval Office for about six months, you know, get her in there in in April or May, 
spend the next two months, you know, convincing the Democrats this has to be done, or Joe Biden just can just stand there and convince convince them by mumbling and stumbling and bumbling and forgetting things and falling asleep and not knowing what to say or when to say it, shaking hands with people that don't exist, talking to dead people, identifying dead people in a crowd, and all of the things that we have seen. Watch that get worse for a couple more months, and they'll act for us. And they'll move him aside, and then Kamala becomes the actual president, which I can tolerate for six months. Because it will end after six months. Because there is no way in, in, in all of God's creation that that bumbling, babbling idiot could ever win a presidential election. So if she is the, def- the the default president because they bump Biden aside because of his, you know, in the 25th Amendment provision is in play, because he's not capable of handling the job, if she becomes the incumbent president, they can't push her aside for Gavin Newsom. They can't push her aside for Michelle Obama. She will be their nominee. And we saw how popular she is. She's about as popular as, as a kidney stone. I mean, she's she is in in a in a position, vice president, where typically, historically, going back and seeing presidential approval ratings and vice presidential approval ratings, they're almost always just you know at flat level ground, you know, plus one percent or minus one percent in approval rating for for a vice president. In other words, fifty one forty nine, whatever. If people approve or disapprove, just largely along partisan lines, I suppose. But nobody has a real deep feeling about what a great or a lousy job that the vice president is doing. Right? That's just historical fact. Well, with everybody else being you know one or two percent up or down, Kamala Harris checks in at a robust. 17% deficit. She's 17% underwater in terms of approval rating and popularity as a vice president. I mean, seriously, she's as, she's as popular as hemorrhoids. This is, a, this is a woman who, when she ran for president against Joe Biden in the Democrat primary back in 2016, 2015, technically, she didn't even make it into the calendar year 2016, the year of the election. She was out by by uh, December 5th, I think it was, in uh, in 2015. She had she had like Dennis Kucinich like numbers. I used to call Dennis Kucinich uh, uh, Captain Homogenized because he was always one percent or two percent. That's all he ever got. It reminded me of milk. He was one percent or two percent. That's all he ever got in all of his campaigns for president. That was Kamala. She was 1%, 2%. She was done by, like, December 5th. She didn't even make it into the year of 2016. If she's the actual candidate who runs for the Democrats because we, we, uh, we are able to bounce Joe Biden out of there, everybody who says, oh, be careful, be careful what you wish for. If you, if you bounce Joe Biden out of there, it becomes even worse. No, it doesn't. Well, actually, technically it does, but that's a good thing because it will be so bad and she is so bad, she is so unlikable, she is so unelectable, she is so unqualified, she is so word salady, she, she is so completely abominably, abominationally ignorant that there is not a chance in hell she can win an election. Donald Trump might win in, in, in Mondale type, you know, Reagan Mondale type numbers. Probably not, I guess, because of the blue states being as dyed in the wool as they are, but you understand, it will not be close. She's that bad. 
So I just throw that out there because this continues to be a topic of conversation. The new numbers came out yesterday. 86% of Americans say he is too old and too infirm mentally, capacity-wise, to be president, and something has to be done. So either they get to choose their new candidate at the convention or we can force their hand and make it Kamala Harris by invoking the 25th. At the end of the day, this is the pressure that's going to have to be put on Merrick Garland. Merrick Garland is the AG. It's his Justice Department that appointed um, Robert Hur as the special counsel to find out about Biden and this classified documents case. So with Robert Hur saying he's guilty... He did do this with willful conduct, the keeping of these uh, uh, national security uh, uh, jeopardizing classified documents in 10 different locations. While it is indeed willful, which means intentional, we can't charge him because no jury would convict an old man with a terrible memory. And we found that his memory is awful. He doesn't know stuff. Merrick Garland has to do one of two things. Either affirm that a counsel's report and say, yes, he is infirm, he is not able to, to, to do the job now because of everything that the special counsel found, therefore we are going to move forward with a 25th Amendment invocation, or he has to disagree with the special counsel and say, no, I believe special counsel heard to be wrong. He is qualified to serve as president and keep on. And if he says that, well, now the charges have to be filed. If he's qualified to be president, he's qualified to stand trial. If he's not qualified to stand trial, then he's not qualified to be president. They have to make a choice. The 25th Amendment could be the best thing to happen to this country. It bounces Joe Biden. It it, uh, propels Kamala Harris into the office where she will get trounced in November because she is absolutely horrendously unqualified all right it's 11:27. we've got about uh 18 minutes of show left and that means 18 minutes to to finish off that goal we need your assistance call 833-850-BABY with a donation save five babies lives for 140 dollars if you don't have 140 dollars save two babies lives for 56 dollars do what you can if we all do something we'll get to that mark by the end of this show We'll check in with Scott Wilder after this to see where we are and to see if you can help us. 855, or excuse me, 833, I gave that wrong. 833-850. With OAB and this station. Life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Always right radio with Bob France on The Answer. You know the one difficult thing, it's 1135, thanks for being with us. You know the one difficult thing about... um, trying to make the argument that Joe Biden is so cognitively impaired that he cannot possibly serve as president for the remainder of this year, much less to be re-elected for four more years, is the fact that what we're seeing now isn't new. When he was younger, and, and even earlier in his term, I think it's gotten progressively worse over the course of the last probably 12 months, but, I mean, th- this is a guy who quite literally is has been sounded like an idiot for much, much longer than his mental uh, decline due to his advanced age would indicate. We hold these truths to be self-evident. All men and women created by the, go, you know the, you know the thing. True international suffrage of pressure. Also proud to have signed an executive order on my first day in office to combat discrimination against LGBTQLI, excuse me, plus 
American. I mean, we we could we I could sit here for the next twenty minutes and just look. Play John's last-minute economic plan does nothing to tackle the number one job facing the middle class, and it happens to be, as Barack says, a three-letter word: jobs. J O B S. Jobs. Chuck Graham, state senator's here. Chuck, stand up. Chuck, let him see you. Oh, God, love you. What am I talking about? I tell you what, you're making everybody else stand up, though, pal. Thank you. As the same folks have made, the Somalis have made my city of Wilmington, Delaware, on a smaller scale. It's a large, very identifiable Somali community. I might add, if you ever come to the train station with me, you'll notice that uh, I have great relationships with them because there's an awful lot of driving cabs uh, and, uh, and are friends of mine, for real. But the Taoiseach knows a lot about it. His mom... Uh, Lived in uh, in Long Island for ten years or so. Uh, God rest her soul. And uh, um, although she's wait, your mom's still your mom's still alive. Is your dad passed? God bless her soul. My son is Attorney General. A year in Iraq, came back, and that's one of the things that he finds is was most in need when he was over there in Iraq for a year. People would come to him and talk about what was happening at home in terms of foreclosure, in terms of bad loans that were being, I mean, these Shylocks who took advantage of, uh, of these women and men. By the way, do you know the website? You know, I'm embarrassed. Do you know the website number? I, uh, you know, I should have it in front of me, and I don't. I'm, I'm, All right. I'm actually embarrassed. I'm going to call your well, office directly, too, and get it, it later. It, 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 it is recovery.gov. One man stands ready to deliver change we desperately need. A man I'm proud to call my friend. A man who will be the next president of the United States, Barack America. I guarantee you, Barack Obama ain't taking my shotguns, so don't buy that malarkey. Don't buy that malarkey. They're going to they're gonna start peddling that to you. I got two. If he tries to fool my Beretta, he's got a problem. I like that little over and under. You know, I'm not bad with it. So give me a break. I would tell members of my family, and I have, I wouldn't go anywhere in confined places now. It's not that it's going to Mexico. It's you're in a confined aircraft. When one person sneezes, it goes all the way through the aircraft. You help one person at a time. And so my admiration for you is, is, is equally as deeply held by, uh, by a president. Stop moving that, 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 that uh, you know, uh, what, what's this thing called? You know, teleprompter, Barack always kids, and he says, Joe Biden, I, I, he said, I'm learning to speak without a teleprompter. Joe's learning to speak with one. Uh, uh, it goes on. I, I, I could continue. I'm just done. The point is, he has sounded so completely mentally deficient for so many years. I hope that Americans realize the deficiency we hear now is worse. I hope they realize that the, the speed of his speech, the the snores in between state statements and so forth, it makes this a different kind of stupid. This is a different kind of incompetent, a different kind of, of mentally, cognitively incapable of serving. And that's what's, what's difficult. He's been this way for so long. I hope people understand that it's a new game now. All right, uh, let's check back in now. Scott Wilder, one more time. We've got a few minutes left. We've got mm-hmm. about six minutes until the end of our show, mm-hmm. obviously about 20 minutes until the top of the hour, which is uh, officially the end of the show and officially mm-hmm. the 
uh, last opportunity for us. But it's a one-day thing, Scott Wilder, to reach mm-hmm. goals. And uh, and we've been pushing very, very hard to save babies' lives through the use of these ultrasounds. Tell us how we're doing. We're doing, uh, let me thank some people, because George in Cleveland, thank you, said, I want to save 20 babies with a $560 gift. Lorraine, uh, thank you. Lisa, Columbia Station, Naomi, Bay Village, Donna in North Royalton, uh, Rebecca in Broadview Heights, Patrick in Cleveland all said, I want to be a part of it. We have 59 babies left to save, 59. So we don't have that much left. In fact, if you wanted to save a baby a month for less than a dollar a day, $28 a month can do that. That would get us 12 toward that 50. Now, if I could just tell you one quick story that really wraps up everything you can do today. Young couple, 16 years old, unmarried, high school sophomores come into a preborn center. They're on their way to get an abortion, have an appointment at Planned Parenthood, but she heard we provide free ultrasounds. She talks the the father of the baby into, hey, it's not going to cost any money, it won't take very long, and we'll keep the appointment. They both come in together. He sits as far away as he can get from the ultrasound machine. Sorry about that. That's as far away as he can get from the ultrasound machine. She sees her baby in the ultrasound machine. Her eyes fill with tears. She motions to the boyfriend, "Uh, come look at this. It's amazing. He doesn't even look up from his phone. Wants nothing to do with it. But then the sonographer puts the Doppler on the young woman's belly. The sound of the baby's heartbeat begins to resound in the room again, 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 again. And to his own surprise, he just stands up and he hears himself say, that's a baby. And they chose life that day. It happens all the time. It is amazing the impact you make when you just provide an ultrasound. You don't have to make a lot of noise to make the biggest difference for life. And we have 59 babies left on our one and only day to save 200 babies as we did last year and the year before. The phone number is 833-850-2229. 2229 or click on the preborn banner do it safe secure and quick online at whkradio.com yeah you know scott you have shared those wonderful stories in the past when we've done this uh this these special uh donor days and and trying to get uh people to save babies lives and i love those but i also love the testimonials of of the of the moms who are you know holding their babies sure and they're talking about how close they were to not, uh, you know, not giving birth to that baby. They just felt like there was no way out. It wasn't the right thing to do. They had been convinced by people. It's not a baby yet for crying out loud. It's just cells. It's okay. Sure. Go ahead and do this. And then they come, you know, and see that, that ultrasound and realize, oh my gosh, exactly what you just said. And they're just holding their babies and they're just like talking about how close they were to making the wrong decision mm. because they didn't know until what you just said, that young man, that young boy said, when he saw that on the screen, that's a baby. I mean, <laughs> those testimonials from those moms are so powerful, and I encourage people to go to the preborn.com website and listen to some of those stories as well. It's good. So you uh, today we have just a few minutes left. Now, now even though uh, we part ways here in a couple of minutes, uh, certainly the phone number is alive and well all day, and today is our yep. only day to get this done. And the website, of course, is always there. Go to whkradio.com, click on the preborn banner and get it done there. 59 babies left. That's a little over 700, uh, a little over $1,400. 
Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.